let me be clear. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or natural disaster hits. If you wind up having to evacuate, if you wind up having to stay in a shelter, you don't want to add COVID-19 to the list of dangers. Okay, so I understand what he's saying. Welcome, everybody, to the Scott and Carl Show. We're jumping right in with both feet. Carl <laughs> wants to respond here to President Biden's hurricane speech from a couple weeks ago. So I understand what he's saying as far as if, if you get, like, say, you look back at Katrina when you had to fill the Superdome with people. And obviously, Texas got a lot of those people that were evacuated and, and you're around a bunch of people. Yeah, it'd be better if you were vaccinated. But like I was telling you pre-recording, that's not a great way to get the non-believers to get vaccinated. To prepare for a hurricane, be vaccinated. No, board your damn windows up and bunker down. Stay in if you're going to ride it out. If not, you evacuate when it's coming in before it gets there and go to family. Stay. I'm just, Jesus, Biden, come on. I'm with you on the vaccinations. Get vaccinated, people. But at the same time, he's making it harder and harder and harder to get people to want to be vaccinated. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't disagree with anything that he said. I, I don't know how effective it is, but it's like, yeah, everything's less complicated if most people are vaccinated. Well, like the so hospitals, the hospitals aren't full of people on ventilators when a right. hurricane hits, if you're sheltering together. You're not all sheltering together with a bunch of unvaccinated people and you don't have Delta, Delta to worry about too. And, and it goes back to what we've talked about with like the media and stuff, only playing what they want you to hear. So we listened to this whole speech and, and he does talk about if you're in shelters and all that, you do want to be vaccinated to try to fight against the COVID as well. But what out there, what's on the TikToks, what's on social media is just the the vital part to pr prepare against a hurricane is to be vaccinated. And that's what everybody's running with. So that's what's getting out there to the masses. And to me, that's the problem. It's not that Biden says right. what would be helpful. It's that we cut it down to this little headline and we just say, Biden says getting vaccinated will protect you from a hurricane. What an idiot. And right. that's not what he said. It is no, just, that's it, what we want to believe not, he said. But at the same time, I don't and I, I don't know how to combat it. I, I don't know. I mean, is there a different way to get that message across without talking about? I don't know. It, I, it's just like whoever wrote a speech or whatever. They're just going to have to figure out a way to make it to where you can't do that, which I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah, I mean, Biden's not the most eloquent speaker, so I don't expect him to be able to like really hold somebody's hand and convince them at this point. I don't disagree with the point that he was making, but I really don't think they're going to be convinced by anything Biden says. They think he's like the Antichrist. So it's almost like it would be more effective if Biden came out now and said, don't get vaccinated, you guys. Whatever you do, you know that I'm just trying to control you and you know that Democrats just want to feed you socialism. Um, so don't get vaccinated. And then I'll bet you that would be the biggest increase in vaccinations among Republicans who, by the way, 
are 58% of Republicans are vaccinated while 90% of Democrats are vaccinated. So he is targeting this message specifically at this point to the right. Right. And, and maybe that's something he should try to do. Pull the whole reverse psychology on it. <laughs> what would work? So you, you are in sort of like the middle area here, uh, conservative yourself among conservatives, but vaccinated, believe in getting vaccinated. What could Biden say that would reach some of the people that you talk to? It, the whole make, making it a mandate needs to go out the damn window. You're not going to force these people to get a vaccine. If you try to force their employer, they're going to quit their damn jobs. And then the economy is going to tank again. You, you can't force anybody to do anything. It, it, you just leave it to. Well, we force people to do things all the time. We have laws. Laws force people to do things. Right. And but, if they don't do it, there's punishment. That's just a system of right. laws. But the minute, the minute you put a law into place saying you have to be vaccinated, there's going to be an uprising. That's going to be. That's not. That's not going to be good. There. There will be. Everybody's talking about the Republicans, the the far right Republicans storming the Capitol. It'll be a lot worse than that. You're not. There, there's there's nothing ever that the government should force you to be to get a vaccination, force you to take a medicine that you don't want. Which no. it still hasn't. To be fair, nobody is forcing anyone to get vaccinated. They're incentivizing by saying it's going to be a real hassle. If you're not, if you want to go to this restaurant or you want to fly on this airline, and that's not even the government, that's the individual businesses that are given the oh, right to do that. But he has come out and said businesses with over 100 employees must force their guy, their employees to be vaccinated or or lose their job. Or, that's what I'm talking about. Or weekly or weekly testing. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. When you subject these people to that, they're going to quit their jobs. That's going to hurt the economy. I mean, the healthcare workers that were refusing to be vaccinated, I'm kind but of still theirs. And I'm, and that's no, but I'm, I'm kind of OK with them not working in a healthcare field. Well, but here's here's my thing, though. It's still their choice. And I've said it a million times. Yes, I'm on the side and I believe everyone should just go ahead and get the damn vaccine and just get it over with. But it's still their choice. And I'm not going to push them. I'm not going to just sit there and have this conversation with somebody. I'll tell them why I think that they need to be vaccinated, that I'm vaccinated. I have no side effects. But the choice is theirs. I'm not going to harp on them and tell them they're an idiot. And like a lot of people do, that that's pushing, and it works on both sides. The people that don't want the vaccine that are pushing or telling these people that are vaccinated they're idiots. And the people that are vaccinated telling, well, you're an idiot for not getting it. Well, yeah, no, yeah. It's telling people, telling people they're idiots isn't really helpful on either side. But I do think that in a hospital setting specifically, like I want the nurse and the doctor to be vaccinated individuals. They're seeing a lot of vulnerable people right. throughout their day. And right. I want people. Well, let me ask you this on, on, on that topic. Yeah. The science behind this. These people that are working, these nurses and doctors that are working in these hospitals are wearing the proper PPE that they're supposed to wear to greatly reduce the risk of getting COVID. Or so, transmitting COVID. Or transmitting COVID. So if they're wearing all of that proper, it, that, that's forced upon them, which I've had jobs where I've had to wear respirators and earplugs and not safety glasses. You have to wear your PPE. That's just part of some jobs. They're going to wear this PPE, whether there was ever COVID or not being in there. 
They all had the mask on. They all glowed. Well, not, not everybody so, in a hospital wears that all the time. I'm, talk, I'm talking about like within seeing patients in an emergency situation, I see you when they go in there. Yes. So if they're wearing all of this stuff, why is it so important for them to get the vaccine? Because they're not wearing, I mean, most of them are not literally in, in surgery. Like no, most of the time when you're in a hospital, a doctor is not wearing a face mask and a mask and like in surgical gear. There are times when, yes, they do. They are wearing all that stuff. But, but, what, I'm, but what I'm saying is that PPE, PPE that they're wearing, they're already used to having to wear it in certain situations. I mean, so the janitor's not, the, the lady at the front desk is not, like the nurse, like there's a lot of people that aren't used to wearing that. So I'm, they're not all wearing PPE. It's well, that janitor also doesn't go into certain areas of the hospital that are sterile. I, I don't think the janitor is the one cleaning the operating room. But that janitor is coming in contact with all the people that are. It's sort of just like if you want to run a business where all of your employees well, aren't spreading. You all you want. And I understand what you're saying. But what I'm saying is if these people now are wearing all of this PPE because the science backs it up, which I still don't buy that. What's the purpose of the vaccination? I mean, I guess we could go in a What's circle. The they're, they're, not, they're not wearing the PPE. Like, not everybody is wearing PPE all the time. In hospitals, they are. Have you been to a hospital lately? Yeah, they'll do. It's not 100%. And like you know, masks are not also not 100% effective. It's just about well, like. Well, neither is the vaccine. It's much more effective than a mask. But yeah, it's all about like trying to reduce well, and eventually I eliminate. Uh, a virus and we're never going to eliminate it never it's going to be around forever i mean what if we said what if we said that about smallpox and said that about polio if we were just like guys listen polio is just always going to be something your kid is going to come in contact on a regular basis it's going to be around you're just going to have to deal with the fact that we're going to lose some kids to polio every year that would be like such a defeatist attitude i mean (laughs) instead they said everybody get vaccinated and boom it's gone we're like over in third world countries trying to like stamp out the last of polio and even and over there they're like suspicious they're like i don't know if i should take this this devil white man just showed up with this little uh drop and he says it's gonna cure me of some future disease i don't trust him and that's the attitude that we now have in the united states around covid and it's not helpful if we ever wanted to get this thing under control but I see what you're saying. Like, yes, a hospital is a much more protected area than like a bar. But I think a hospital is also an area where it's like extra important to have COVID not come in contact with people. They're they're there specifically because they're vulnerable. And it's a healthcare facility. And if your passion is not the health of your community, then by all means, don't get vaccinated, but don't work in a place where the sole purpose is the health of your you and your community like well, but that's just my point that i'm making work mm-hmm. there i don't have a problem with doctors and nurses that don't want to be vaccinated it doesn't bother me because they're wearing the ppe that the dr Fauzi recommends to protect and that was the whole line, first line of defense that we had before the vaccination came out that was the only thing that was going to save us. But now that they're wearing this, oh, it's not good enough. Well, what about no. all the people? What about all the people that were bitching about having to wear the mask saying it's not good enough to begin with, but we were all being called stupid? 
oh, you're going against the experts, you're going against science, you're going against this. But now all of a sudden, they, they twisted their story and it's not good enough. Well, I guess when the only option you had was a mask or nothing, then a mask seriously cuts down on the spread. And then when you have a vaccine, which cuts it down dramatically more than that, then yeah, the first line of defense is the vaccine. And you say like, yeah, masks are still good, but we have something way better than masks. Back when we only had masks, that's what we were, that was the most important thing. Now that we have vaccines, it's a game changer. And also the same people that don't want to take the vaccine, I, I feel like both of us can agree are the same people that don't want to wear masks. So it's not yeah. like they're saying- For the most part, I don't want to wear a mask and I'm vaccinated. But I mean, the people who don't want to get the vaccine are not the people who are like, I mask up, I take all my precautions and wear all my PPE all the time. Oh, I was on an airplane this weekend and my mask stayed down here below my chin. Nobody ever said a word to me. All the more reason to hope that everybody around is vaccinated. I know the person sitting to my right wasn't. And I know we were in a bar in Mexico with about five, 600 other people crammed in tight and nobody had a mask on. And one of them looked at me and said, if we don't have, if we hadn't got COVID now, we're going to get it. Yeah, we're going to get it now. And that's like the freedom to do that in a bar in Mexico. Do I want that to be the hospital in the United States? Not necessarily. That's what, right. But I just feel that as far as PPE wise, that everything's been pushed on us for over a year now, the hospitals already do that. I just... I'm for the vaccination. I'm against mandating that. Funny enough, I was listening to. Um, I can promise you, I'm not going to make my children take it. If they, come, if government comes out and says every U.S. citizen has to do it, or you're going to go to jail, I'll hide my damn kids, and you can take my house to jail. But I'm not going to force my kids to take it, even though I'm vaccinated, because that was my choice. My daughter's 20. My son just turned 18, and then Kenley, she'll be four in less than a month. I'm I'm not going to force that on them. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are living in a world, a hypothetical world where the government is literally forcing you. Well, it comes down to a decision. When when he's mandating businesses already, I think that's the step. And this is just my opinion, but it just from my point of view and a lot of people that believe the way I believe, that's our point. That's where it seems like it's heading. I feel like we went through all this with Obama. Everything Obama did seemed like it was heading towards this is we a socialist president, Democratic or Republican. <clears throat> I mean, you, you look at Trump. What is the worst thing that Trump did while he was in office? Not not prior to getting elected, post elected, in office. What was the worst thing that he did? Stoked misinformation that led to violence. He tweeted shit that was stupid and spoke it. He stoked spoke it, spoke it, at tweet, rallies, at tweet. rallies all around the country. Hate crimes would increase after a Trump rally in a location, and eventually I'm it ended. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying the whole Trump is a racist. I'm not. That that that's just asinine. That's a Democrat's way to just throw fuel on a fucking fire that they lit, and people believed it and ran with it. I, I it, to me, that's the same thing as Trump stoking the fire by putting out misinformation. I, I've never heard, I, no, and because the thing about it is, is people started that and then anybody that was a Republican was a racist. And that's the furthest from the truth. But I think that, that's what conservative media tells you. Conservative media says all, all Democrats think that all conservatives are racist. No, I, and I know all Democrats don't think that way. 
I've seen a lot of people that vote, voted for Biden that are coming out now and they're like, holy shit, what did we do? Yeah. But that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm saying conservative media tells conservatives, Democrats think you're a bunch of racists. Well, it's not just conservative media. It's CNN. CNN says Republicans are racist. They push that agenda the whole damn election. I was never told my friend Carl is a racist by CNN or that Republicans in general are a bunch of racists. They definitely would point to things that Trump says and does and say like but this you, thing. You're, mis you're misinterpreting what I was saying. I'm saying the media, the Democrats would put that out there. Pelosi put it out there. Biden put it out there. Hillary's put it out there. Anything that Trump did that they didn't agree with, well, it's because he's a racist. Well, then they get that out there. And then on social media and all of that, all of their followers push that agenda and it just spreads like wildfire, which is misinformation from the very top of the, the people that were are running for office. So it starts with them. Well, I guess what is the misinformation that Biden that Trump's a racist? So Biden said Trump is a racist. He said it in the debate. And is Trump a racist something you can prove or disprove? Like when you say misinformation, it's like you could say Trump is 60 years old or Trump is 84, whatever he is, 73. I don't know. Like that is misinformation if you lie about something. If I said well, Trump is a racist or if I said Biden is an idiot, like that's it's that's sort of hard to prove that. That's the same. Oh, there's plenty of ways to prove it. Watch any damn speech Biden gives. He's putting George W. to shame on the hilariousness. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, you can't say that's misinformation. It's somebody's opinion. Right. But the minute Trump gives an opinion on something, it's misinformation. If Trump says. Because you and I can see this, but what I'm, I'm not talking about you and I. Hmm. I'm talking about all the people that just run with it and continue to make shit go viral. That's what I'm talking about. Like if Trump says the election was stolen, though, if Trump says millions of votes that went to Hillary were a bunch of illegal aliens voting, and that's the only reason she had more votes than me, like that isn't an opinion. I mean, that's he, his could, opinion. he could even believe it, but it's not factually correct. Well, like that's his opinion. There's the number of votes that were made. Well, that's and not misinformation then. That's and his opinion. His opinion of the color of the sky can be an opinion, it's but it's different. It's just the, the fact, the reason you're saying it's not an opinion and it's a misinformation is because one, you're anti-Trump, which I understand. I get it. And two, it doesn't fit the agenda. Could I be saying it not from a bias standpoint and because it is genuinely not accurate to say that Hillary had 3 million illegal immigrants vote for her. And that's the only reason why she had more votes. Well, it's not accurate for them to be calling him a racist when they don't, they can't prove it. He doesn't go to Klan rallies. He doesn't. I mean, he's not just about the white person. I mean, a neither you or not, or I is in his head and we can't speak to whether or not he is or is not a racist. We right. can give our opinions and say, I think Trump's a racist. But if you say 3 million votes came from these illegal people, and that's the only reason why Hillary got more votes. That is factually inaccurate unless you have some sort of bombshell evidence that you're willing to share. But that's a lie. Like, that's just that is inaccurate misinformation. You're lying. You're taking something that's not true and you're saying it's true. I think it's the same way with them coming out and saying he's a racist.
How do you know that's not true? How do you know he's not a racist? How do you know he is? But see, this is just, this is just opinions. This is just like, we're talking about opinions. Facts are facts when it comes to how many votes there are. Like literally somebody drops off a ballot. That's a vote. Somebody else drops off a ballot. That's a vote. And if Trump says there were zero votes in this election and you're like, um, I'm looking at two right now. I know you're lying. Like that's a lie. This is not like you're calling me a racist. You're calling me an idiot or whatever. This, this is literally you're looking at the truth and telling me that it's false. Right. But him, what I'm saying is him going out saying it because he believes that the election was stolen. He believes that the election was rigged. That's his opinion on it. And that's a lot of people's opinion on it. Why do you think it's a lot of people's opinion on it? I mean, look at look at everything. I mean, look at all the people that truly hate Biden the way that people truly hated Trump. They believe that the election was stolen. I still hear it every day because I mean, they're not counting votes. They're not, they don't have, they believe it because Trump told them. Well, Trump, and like I said, yes, Trump said it, and then it spread. It got on social media, and it spread, and it continued to spread. It went viral. The same thing with the other side, starting the whole racist bullshit and dividing the country. I think both parties are guilty of dividing the country. I think the Democratic side probably 10 to 15% more guilty than the Republican side, in my opinion. Just on these two issues alone, the division of saying one man is racist, which again is not a fact or an unfactual statement. It's you were calling someone a racist and saying the American election was stolen. Our democracy doesn't work anymore. I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't. I think our you, democracy, I think our, we're on the, the downside of our democracy. And you think that is because I'm, I'm not saying it's because of Trump and or Biden. I'm not talking about it's been that way for a while. There's a way too much division. There, there, there's zero working together. Z, I mean, well, it's sort of work- hard to work together when you literally tell everybody that follows you that the people in office were not legitimately elected. Like I lost an election. This didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen in the, during this last last election. This has been going on for a while now. From it, there, there's zero. There used to be a time in our government where a bill would be brought up, and the both parties would work together on it. Now it's like, nope, you're not going to get any of our votes. Nope, because you're going to do this, but we want this one part to be this. So we're just, and it's it's fucking stupid now. Yeah. No, I mean I'm in agreement with you there. This is, this, I mean, like right now with the debt ceiling, both not, parties not agree. One, not one person that is serving this country and this government right now is truly for the people. Well, what does it even mean to be for the people? You're representing your district. So there's people that you represent. Are you right. representing their and interests? If I wanted to get elected, all I got to do is go to an area, live in an area, determine which party is the popular party there, say that's what I am, speak a good speech talk a good talk and bam, I'm in office and it has nothing to do. They're going to say what they have to say to get elected, but they're not really pushing agendas for those people. I think in a lot of cases, yeah, that's true. You just show up and you bullshit. And if enough people believe you, then boom, you're in office. Right. I saw something the other day that I laughed at and it said, we, we talked about, we talk about all the time in society that 
70 year old plus people aren't good for society anymore because they, they can't contribute. They're on the decline, but yet that's the age of everybody running our country. Yeah. I saw that same thing. That and I'm like, entertaining. Jesus, something's never been more true. I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's the, that's the whole thing with like, there's experience and you know, wisdom that comes with age, but there also is a decline in mental facilities. You know, you, you're not as sharp or as quick just physically things start to wear down and that's a balance you know the longer you've lived the more you've experienced i would like to think you know you that says something like we don't just want to put 20 year olds in office sure um especially the way 20 year olds think these days i mean i would say i'd like to see some polling on 20 year olds i think i might agree more with 20 year olds than i would with 80 year olds on polling i'm not sure i think we if we would put a younger generation in there I think it would help out a lot with with the divisiveness of the whole racism and stuff like that because this, this younger group, I mean, you and I even were taught not to discriminate. And, and I think a lot more young people are the same way uh, versus that 80-year-old's mentality who actually lived through all that. And they were brought up differently. So I think that's why that's still there. Yeah, I think that's a... Hopefully something that's getting less in, in, in time. It will. So um, that's Biden's hurricane speed. <laughs> I think we've, uh, I think we've touched some things that we're just not going to be in agreement on. And that's fine. I agree. Um, how do you feel about the Texas abortion law? I think it's stupid. It's yeah. I mean, what well, we agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> I've, I've got my daughter, my my adopted daughter over here, both doing this. What I said, I agree with. I think, or I think it's stupid. <laughs> well, what? Do you hey, want? And there are a couple of twenty-year-olds. You want to get their opinion on it? I mean, I would if I was a twenty-year-old female in Texas right now. I'm not. I wouldn't be that crazy about this. Carly, Keegan. What y'all's opinions on the Texas abortion law? I think it is absolutely fucking stupid. If I want. First of all, you have what a window of six weeks, if that. Mm-hmm. Half the time, you don't even know you're pregnant before it's too late. So by the time I would know I'm pregnant, it's too late for me to get a fucking abortion. It's my body, and you know what? If we're gonna regulate me getting an abortion, all men should have mandatory vasectomies from the time they're fucking born because that shit's reversed. I'm on birth control that gives me hormones out of the ass that fucks with my fucking body. <laughs> I can go on a full tangent. Don't even get me started. Okay, can you language? This is a children's show. No, it's not. <laughs> My big thing, I, mean, I do agree that it's like a war on the women's reproductive rights. And I'm not a feminist. I guess I was so like, I'm pro-life. But I just feel like... Hold I, on, hold on. Carl's pouring a drink, which is completely breaking okay, up. The, okay. I feel like it is a war on women's reproductive rights, and it is like a control thing. Um, so I, I don't agree with it at all. And then I am pro-life, but I also, if you come from that as a pro-life from like a biblical standpoint or like a Christian standpoint, I feel like a lot of those people are forgetting that yes, it is morally wrong in the Bible, but you have to look that God also gave us free will. And I feel like it is a decision of the people. And I feel like the, you know, government shouldn't have a say in our free will because we do, we live in a free quote unquote country. And uh, I just think it's unfair to women, especially to women, of course, in cases of rape or incest, but um, also just women who aren't financially prepared, uh, minors who get pregnant, 
um, who just can't handle it. Our uh, adoption system and like foster care system is already a mess and this is just gonna make it worse. Um, and everybody should have the right to their own choices. And that's my stand for now. Was it, I, I feel like that was a mic drop. Ah, I think so. I, I couldn't I couldn't see it visually, but I feel like there was a mic drop back there. There was. There was a boom. Boom. Yeah. No, I don't think I have much to add to that. Uh, this is an area where I agree with the 20-year-olds over the 80-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I agree with them 100% on it. Even if you... Okay. Like, so I feel like we're all in agreement there. Even if you were very anti-abortion the way that this law does it to me is so crazy that it's going to turn neighbor against neighbor it's not like the police are going to arrest you for this law it's that if you find out that somebody got an abortion after six weeks or that somebody even aided it if the uber driver dropped her off at the abortion clinic the uber driver it can be sued now you can sue him for several thousand dollars that's so weird turning everybody into a snitch, basically. Right. And, and all that's doing is creating an unstable environment for everybody. Yeah. And, and for hitting everybody against everybody. It, it, it's almost like the, the Kingsman's movies. I don't know if you've seen that where Samuel L. Jackson can put this little chip in people, push of a button. Everybody just turns against everybody and starts knocking people off. And, and that's what stuff like that's going to lead to. That's what they want. They want chaos. And, and I think they want chaos because they're in a quote unquote position of power and they they'll have more authority when, when chaos happens to declare something in a state of an emergency and, and do whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah. And just as you were you and I agreed earlier that uh, division is a major problem in the country. This is an example where I think you're really. It's, yes. Uh, I, I know of a lot of people that have said, well, if push comes to shove, I'll go to Oklahoma and get one. Isn't that crazy that you have to leave Texas to go to Oklahoma for right. your, the freedom of to do what you want with your body? Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I think it's absolutely asinine. Well, now, um, now we move on to the main portion of the show, which is I watched Carl's recommendation, Soaked in Bleach, about the death of Kurt Cobain and the conspiracy theories around it being a murder. <clears throat> I can see Carl's making some notes. I assume work-related stuff. Okay. This this work. This is our full-time job. The the income work. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I did. It was not what I thought it would be. So I thought it was just going to be like basically one of those like a YouTube documentary of <clears throat> some guy just kind of spouting off a bunch of nonsense. This was well shot. Like the cinematography on this alone, the reenactments uh, mixed with the audio was really interesting and immersive. Um, and it was, I thought, valuable to hear the opinion of this, or I mean, the perspective of this private investigator, Tom Grant, and, and how he saw things. I didn't like some of the conclusions that they came to in the documentary based on just how Tom Grant saw things and how he felt about Courtney Love, which right off the bat, you know, just he doesn't like her. Sure. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, I don't either. And that's fine. You don't have to. <clears throat> 
the um i guess the conclusions that they kind of come to i had i had issue with but it, it was really interesting to see his perspective and the problems that he had i did make a couple notes on things that i found interesting in it that i'm not sure i believe because some of the stuff was kind of disproven since the documentary came out you know he said Courtney had the police melt down the shotgun to hide the evidence. The shotgun is not melted out, melted down at all. They have it. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, so for the documentary to say that, you know, we were just talking earlier about things that are true versus untrue. Like, that was just untrue. It, it wasn't like they said, I think the cops were inept, and that's an opinion. They said the cops melted down the gun, and they didn't. Um, so things that I would follow up on that were kind of like, raised some eyebrows was the handwriting samples in Courtney's bag when she left it at their lawyer's place. I thought, wait, I would like to hear some more about that. I haven't heard much about you that. You never heard about the handwriting samples? No. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the Rome doctor saying he didn't conclude that Rome was a suicide attempt. Uh, and then I did find a Newsweek quote where he said um, he believed the overdose was an accident. Uh, just And some of that was based on just seeing Kurt afterwards and saying like they were having he was having a good time with his daughter and he did not look like a suicidal man then there's that weird guy who claims that courtney tried to hire him to murder kurt i always found that fascinating it's fascinating and so after el, I watched, duce. el duce that's his name um because after watching this documentary i read pretty much the whole police report which is several hundred pages there's another one that has even more um, that I didn't have time to read, but I spent hours <laughs> just scrolling through. And they mention him and that there's a guy who claims that El Duce passed a polygraph. But then in the police report, there are polygraph results that I was looking at, and they looked like he was lying. There was no like conclusion in the police report that I could find, but they would ask him I don't I don't know how to read a polygraph, so I'm not going to pretend like this is some expert here, but I was they had a list of the questions that they asked him and they had the some number that was like from one to 100 or something. And they asked him, like, what is your name? And he would say his name and and the number was like 10 to 12 or something. And then it would say, are we currently in the city? And the number was like 12, 13. And then they said, did Courtney hire you to or try to hire you to murder Kurt and the number jumped up to like 50 something again I don't know how to read a polygraph but that to me says something changed on the murder questions than some of the baseline questions that you ask um, well I've I've never bought into polygraphs period and I, I don't know if it's just a Texas thing or not I know they're not admissible in, in, in court in Texas I just I mean from everything I've heard that I mean, if you hook me up to a machine and ask me questions, I'm going to be nervous regardless. And that's what I've always been told that they take readings on, how nervous you are when you're answering certain questions. So I think even the people that go in there, and if they're 100% truthful, if they have a nervous personality about being asked questions or anything like that, who's to say they're going to pass it? Well, and that's why they have the baseline questions. They're like, if you come in nervous and your heart rate is here, and I ask you what day it is, and your heart rate is pretty high because you're nervous, then that's the baseline of your true answer. If you say Tuesday and it's Tuesday and your heart rate is still pumping, I'm like, okay, he's just a nervous person. And then I ask you, 
did you murder your neighbor? And your heart rate, heart rate goes up from there. Then I'm suspicious. Right. So anyway, uh, and the biggest thing that El Duce's testimony or whatever his story had going for it was that he had supposedly passed a polygraph. So that's, that's what legitimized it. Even though you, like you said, they're not admissible in court. It doesn't mean you're telling the truth or that you're lying. And the one that I looked at looked pretty suspect, like maybe he didn't pass a second polygraph. And anyway, the police didn't really mention him too much after that. So I don't know if they, if they looked into it and they said, no, I think this guy's lying or, or what happened, but he, that, yeah, that was an interesting little um, area. And and it does make it very interesting that after he does all of this, he ends up getting hit by a train and getting killed. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what happened there. I do think you, like I think I said before, if you're making accusations of being hired for murder, or you even would be a person someone would call to murder someone, like you're running with a crowd where shit might happen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And even then, like unrelated to whether or not Kurt was killed or not, if you uh, accuse Courtney or say like, I was hired to kill Kurt, even if that's complete bullshit, you've got a target on your back too of just, you're going to piss off a lot of people. Even if it's not Courtney, it could be somebody who's like just really mad at you for, for claiming that. So who knows, who knows what happens? Um, I can't speak to El Duce in his mental state to say he didn't even just jump in front of a train or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's one hell of a way to off yourself. I know. Um, one thing that the documentary did bring out that I, I do agree with is police shouldn't have really said he was barricaded in the greenhouse. Technically that was a little sloppy because it, there were two doors. One of them was actually unlocked, but it was just out to a little balcony and the other door was locked, but it was a handle lock closed. Wow. So it's not, it's not a big deal. Like what are the chances? It doesn't say somebody was there, but it just says the police in their report were kind of like eliminating the possibility that someone was there when, you can't eliminate that possibility. There was no evidence that anyone was there, but you couldn't eliminate it for sure. So I feel like that was just kind of sloppy police Um, and that they were going through, probably going through a divorce in the near future. Sure. And then of course, with Courtney's suspicions of Kurt and Kristen Papp having the affair, she just quit Courtney's band and then she died of a, she was clean. She'd been sober. And then she was found and died the day before she was to move back home to Minnesota of a drug overdose. And the last person to see her was Eric Erlinson, which everybody's always said was Courtney's puppet. I mean, there, there's all of this. There, there's all the makings of a conspiracy. I mean, when you have everybody, you know, accusations being thrown out that Kurt and this chick were having an affair they were going to get divorced and then all of a sudden he's dead and then she's dead. And the guy comes out and says, well, Courtney offered to pay me to whack Kurt Cobain. That was his exact words. And then he dies. I mean, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was also, this looks like I just pulled up her Wikipedia. It looks like it was a suicide for her. Uh, I think it was ended up being ruled an accidental drug overdose. Yeah, on the floor was a bag containing syringes and drug paraphernalia. Acute opiate intoxication. Yeah, she died two months after Kurt, who was a close friend. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a difficult time for the people 
in Kurt's life. So I wouldn't be that surprised that there was another overdose in his circle. Sure. Um, so yeah, to me, that's not, that's not incriminating. But, but to also to get back to the, the scene of the murder, where are the, where are the, where are the fingerprints on the gun? We could say death. He was holding the gun. Right. There were no fingerprints on the gun. Well, I mean, it was pressed against his fingers. So there were finger, there his own fingerprints. They they were trying to pull prints off the gun later, and for some reason, I don't. I think it was the gun material or something. They weren't able to get conclusive. They had like partial prints, but like he was literally holding the gun. So obviously, you couldn't get prints off of the gun. It, I mean, like you know, it was in his hands. If you were trying to prove whether or not he was hold handling the gun. You know that he was that he had the gun in his hands, and you still couldn't pull a print off of it. Meant to me, the gun actually you can't get prints off of this. And fingerprint technology back then was a little bit more difficult. But the like the material of the gun was difficult to pull prints off of. I, th- I think in '94, fingerprint technology been around long enough. They should have been able to get prints, even his, which they didn't. Now the part I will say where everybody was talking about the amount of heroin that was in the system saying he would have been dead before he could have picked up the gun, put everything up nice and neat, picked up the gun and then shot himself. I'm not buying that theory just for the fact that, you know, he was a heroin addict and with his amount of money, there's no telling what his tolerance was. He had built his tolerance up to. Yeah. We, okay. So, I made a list of originally the interesting claims. Now I have this other list of bullshit claims of what just kind of like took away from, I thought the areas they should have focused on the bullshit claims to me. One of them was that um, heroin level. And they pointed to some study where this study proved that you could be very functional on that amount of heroin. They're like, yeah, yeah, but they were, it was heroin that was ingested by mouth and that takes a while to enter the bloodstream. I'm like, do you really think that this doctor had you pop the heroin and then immediately did the test and didn't wait for it to get into your system? Like, I thought that was incredibly misleading to say this was taken orally versus taken intravenously. And if you put it straight in your veins, you get the effect sooner. Yeah. That doesn't make a difference. Like I'm sure that he just took the pills, you know, in the study waited for the effects to kick in or wherever you had the heightened um, effects from that drug and then conducted the test. <laughs> so I don't know the, the makers of the documentary, I guess that they were really trying to discount that study and it didn't work at all. In fact, it made them look like they were purposely trying to mislead us. Um, right off the bat, I was kind of disappointed with them trying to make the claim that he wasn't, he couldn't be suicidal. He was very happy. He also was over his stomach pain and then the friend who bought the gun saying that like, oh, he wasn't suicidal. You think I would have helped him get a gun if he was suicidal? And all of this to prove that he couldn't have been suicidal. To me, A, you can't prove that. People don't act or not, you know, act suicidal. It's the people. Oh, how, how many times do you hear people talk about like, say they're their child or their husband or wife or somebody commits suicide and they're like, I had no idea. Exactly. You hear that all the time. Yeah. So it may have just been one of those instances where the depression set in and, you know, he was under the influence and, and did it. I mean, I still believe he was murdered. You're never going to change my opinion on that. But I think we would, 
Kurt Cobain could also, himself could show up, stand in front of me right now and say, I did it. And I'd say, you're lying. Look, Kurt, that's just your opinion. Everybody has their own opinion. <laughs> uh, and then, okay, the way that the way that Tom Grant and the maker of the documentary really wanted to paint Courtney as being completely selfish and opportunistically motivated to murder Kurt. I was like, that was one where the fact that Tom Grant just didn't like her right off the bat. And obviously the documentary makers didn't either. It didn't seem like it was going to be any sort of like fair representation of Courtney or her motivation. Right. I just, I don't know. I don't like her. She did it in the story. Sorry, when I was barking orders, she let the dogs in and they're supposed to be outside because the exterminator was here. Oh, all right. We're working our way through this little guys. This is, this is overdue analyzing. This is about two decades overdue. (laughs) Three decades. Um, also I would say. Thank you. Love you too. Her overdose stunt. Genuinely, that was interesting in the documentary, and I hadn't heard about that before. I say stunt because when I was reading the police report, they go into the details of her quote-unquote overdose. I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. Well, the silence will be cut out anyway, so I, was, I don't mind pausing if you need No, I was just, girls are leaving to go fishing with the new boyfriend that I haven't met yet. Yeah. Well, it's uh, intimidating to meet Carl, so I can see why he's holding on. When I do meet him, I will have my, my gun in my hand. I'm that bad. Because by God, I can carry that sucker now. Unlicensed. Shoo. And so can he. <laughs> you gotta hurry every chance you get. I love how they're like, I feel safer knowing that I can carry my gun Absolutely. without a license. And I'm like, yeah, but that means everybody now can carry a gun without a license. If he's not 21, he cannot. Oh, okay. There's at least an age requirement still? You have to be at least 21. What about freedom? I'm over 21. I don't give two shits what the under 21 have to say. Now, I do think it's asinine that you have to wait until you're 21 years old to buy beer or cigarettes. I thought cigarettes was 18. Uh, Texas made it 21 now. Well, you know what? I don't hate that. I do. Because here's here's my opinion on it. If an 18-year-old can graduate high school, join the military, get sent overseas to fight for this country, but in his homeland, he can't buy beer or buy cigarettes. To me, that's bullshit. Now, the way I would work around that law is if you wanted to stay at 21, great, fine, leave it. But if you have a military ID, I think they should be exempt. Or if you, if we ever did have a draft again, which we probably won't, then you would only start at 21. You wouldn't be drafting 18. If you want to voluntarily join the military, that's great, but that doesn't necessarily make you... You're, no, you're not just be a perk. It is interesting, though, like you said, that we trust kids in combat with weapons to make decisions to kill people, and we don't trust them to be responsible with alcohol and cigarettes. Correct. I don't know which one of those should be adjusted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we both agree that Kurt was murdered. Nope. In fact, the overdose from Courtney, or the non-overdose, as I say, because... In the police report, they're talking about how they showed up and she was not high and said she had an allergic reaction to a Xanax. And then they took her down to the hospital and she had literally nothing in her system. Like, I honestly believe 
after reading that, after watching the documentary and just to my own conclusion that that was, oh, and she was explaining to Tom Grant. She was like, maybe I can do something and get arrested and it'll get his attention and it'll come out of hiding. I thought that was good that they included that in the documentary, even though they were trying to smear her with it. To me, that was a, a genuine attempt to try and find out where he is. If I make a some sort of a public display like I'm in trouble, he'll... Was it an attempt to find out where he was or was it an attempt to find out, find his body? How would that find his body? Because I believe he was already dead when she contacted Tom Grant. Mm. What was the date that she contacted him on? I, don't but I mean, the, well, we're talking about her overdosing. How would that help at all? How would calling the police and being publicly had of having an overdose find his body? Because people would start really searching for him. And what about the note that she handed over that she claims was under the mattress? And Tom Grant was like, we looked under the mattress. There was nothing there. Yeah, I don't know what what that note was supposedly to her. It, it's... To my knowledge, there's it was a letter from Kurt to her, and what was in that note has never been revealed. And so she said that that note was there, and it wasn't there. It was not there. When Tom and <clears throat> was it was it Callie that searched the house, or was it Dylan? It was Dylan. The Dylan, which is a weird character in a, in and of himself. Out of all of this, to me, he's one of the more tragic characters. You. <sighs> This is okay. Kurt just got out of rehab. They had a huge intervention or no. Kurt just had his coma in Rome, comes home high again after getting out of coma because of drugs. They stage an intervention. Doesn't go very well. The band is a lot less stable than we thought it was. Likely considering other options. Courtney supposedly is threatening to leave him if he doesn't clean up in this intervention situation and he has to go to rehab <clears throat> or basically everybody close to him is like threatening that i don't know what they were threatening but just that they would be very disappointed in him he agrees to go to rehab but before going to rehab wants to buy a shotgun um his other guns have already been confiscated because mm -hmm. the police have been out there before and he has you know had guns in the room and it's in police reports that they were worried he was going to use them Maybe, maybe not, you know, they were there. They got taken. Um, he wants to buy a shotgun and shotgun shells under Dylan's name so that it won't be confiscated. And he says it's for home protection. Dylan says in retrospect, that's a little strange because he was headed to LA. Why do you need to buy it in Seattle now? And he even offers to hang on to it for him, you know? Uh, and Chris says, no, no, no. I think I'll, I think I'll hang on to it myself. <laughs> He leaves the shotgun shells in the car going to the airport to go to rehab, realizes he, you know, oops. And so when he comes back to Seattle after leaving rehab, after only a couple days in there, he immediately goes out in search of shotgun shells. And then shortly thereafter, we don't know exactly when, but not wasting too much time, goes up to the greenhouse and somehow is shot dead with the shotgun that he purchased with the shotgun, with the shotgun that he purchased earlier that week and the shotgun shells he had just purchased getting back to Seattle. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be a possibility that something else happened. But to me, this is like pretty straightforward of just a tragic story. I got sad reading the police report. It is just 
the tumultuous relationship between Kurt and Courtney, they're both very, I think, damaged people, had damaged upbringings. And I think that maybe that's why they found each other and fell in love is they did have this common bond of just not trusting anyone else, trusting only each other. I think we might describe it as codependence now. And I think that's why he was, he's a sensitive person. And I think he was so emotionally hurt whenever she would let him down. Right. You know, if he thought she was cheating on him or if she, if he, you know, she was doing other things. And I think she was a kind of emotionally abusive towards him. And if you want to say Courtney killed Kurt in that way, I'm all for it. Like, I can't imagine how hard it was being in that marriage and her not recognizing some of those symptoms and treating them much more delicately than the tough love that she did, which was, you know, like canceling credit cards when he's meant, when he's missing and, you yeah, know, that was stupid. So I don't know. So I, I, yeah, I, I do think that that at the end of the day is uh, where I stand. It was, it's sad really. And it's, um, but I don't think it was a murder. So, yeah, I mean, and, and can you imagine if today in, in today's society with the me too movement and, and everything going on, because, Kurt was a voice against all of that then. Kurt was a voice against me too? Well, he, he Kurt was a feminist. Yeah. He, he was all about their rights and the, the women's rights, the gay rights. And so I've, I would think he would be a, a voice for me too. Well, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. I thought you said against. Yeah. No, I said I, I may have, but I meant to say for. Uh, so... I mean, I, I think about it a lot. Like, if he was alive today, he would be a huge presence in the popular culture today. I think he would have a lot to say. And I'm just grateful that you can agree with me that he was murdered. And we'll move on to the next topic. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm proud. I, I got you on my side. It took 20 plus years, but I got you there. We dabble with fake news on this show, but we don't leave it there. <laughs> We can we can uh, we can agree to disagree on that, but I do agree that if he was still around today, <clears throat> he would uh, have remained an influential artist. And I just think the problem was he didn't believe that. He thought he was kind of like washed up, didn't have anything else to produce. Um, on a like totally side note, watching Dave Grohl in your band, an extremely outgoing and talented drummer but also a guy who's learning guitar and is writing songs and you're outwardly very proud of him and his writing song i do think that he felt threatened a well, little there, bit sure and and there's one track that is nirvana where kurt played drums and dave did vocals the magnolia i think uh, marigold. A marigold that was it yeah right and, and there's no doubt in my mind that dave would have ventured off kind of like i, I I don't want to say he would have just probably up and quit the band, but if he did, more power to him. But he can do what Tyler Hawkins is doing now. I mean, he has his side projects where he fronts a band. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm not saying Kurt was worried about Dave leaving. I think Kurt was worried about Dave outshining him. Sure. And that's and then I think he was probably ashamed that he felt worried about Dave outshining him because that's a narcissistic feeling to have. Uh well, I guess narcissistic. You don't think anybody could outshine you, but the, the insecurities that he would have been ashamed of, I don't know. It was just, I think he was depressed and spiraling and was going through a lot. And again, I just feel like that was just really sad that it all lined up with him making an 
an unfortunate decision. And I'm just glad we can both agree that that's what happened. Glad we can agree that he was murdered. I agree. So moving on to our final section on sports, Longhorns looked good and finally have their QB 70 points, which hadn't been done since 2005. Uh, and, and if you want to look to the game, previous game of his start, 63 points. Yeah, they're moving and they have one of the best, the, maybe the best running back group in the country, definitely oh, in the Big 12. I think we need to just kind of shore up some offensive line stuff. And then some stuff on the defensive side of the ball, but you're in Big 12 play now. Points will be scored. It's going to happen. But if we're putting up 70 points a game, I like our chances. And that freshman wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, okay, a bright future. Yes. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking good. I think it is. I think Sark's got them going in the right direction. Yeah, and I keep hearing about a bunch of recruits that got impressed at that Tech game too. Well, I did read an article today talking about quarterback play that said the top two schools for Archie Manning, who is Peyton Manning's nephew, is Georgia and Texas. So, Well, maybe those two will end up in the national championship because Georgia looks really good right now. Yeah, they do. And we're going to find out just how good Arkansas is this weekend. So, you know. I love how I can just put Texas in the national championship when they're not even ranked. Did they, get, <laughs> they, they must have jumped into the top 25 this week. Not in the AP poll, they didn't. Beating Tech, 70 points? You can't get in the top 25? But if you look at Tech's, Tech come into the game 3-0, and haven't really played anybody. I mean, Stephen at Austin almost beat them. Fine. It's good that we can make us work for it. Under the radar. I mean, hey, we go win the Big 12 championship, put us in the playoff. We, yeah. we have one loss to an SEC school. Put us in the playoffs, see what happens. Yeah, Arkansas looks great. They're in top 10 now or top 15? They jumped. Uh, well, in one poll, they jumped all the way up to number 10. Yeah, they beat – I think they're starting to beat some SEC teams. They beat A&M, which, which I found awesome because all of my Aggie friends were, man, y'all got beat by Arkansas. We did. We, we got our ass handed to us. And I told them, this isn't the same Arkansas. They're good. They're legit. They're in the second year of this new coach's system. They know the system now. Oh, they're not worth a crap, blah, blah, blah. Last year they finished last, yada, yada. I'll bet they don't finish last this year. Yeah. What what happened? Oh, you go to play them and y'all get beat. So That's even after you were warned watching Texas get beat. Right. Yeah. You know, you held them to 20 points, but loss is a loss. You only scored 10 on them. We scored 21. So... And that, and that was without was, without our current starting quarterback. Right. I'd, I'd like to see that game played again. Maybe we yeah. meet him in the Cotton Bowl. No, we're going to meet them in the national championship. Actually, we'll meet them in the first round of the playoffs. Then we'll beat Georgia in the national championship. Right. Yeah, our luck will probably get Alabama in the first round. Probably. I don't know if – well, we'll see how Alabama's offense holds up without Sark because – they're still very good, but sometimes you just have to see how good they are still. We have Bill O'Brien now. We all saw what he did with the Houston Texans. Let's trade every good player we have. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them trading us some players. <laughs> now, I'll stick to the current ones we have. And Brennan uh, Thompson, if you're listening, I know Texas is in your top six. You need to pick them, kid. Now, in uh, other football results, scores, because people tune in to hear about football scores, um, the Rams beat the Bucks, and that was a big game for them to beat. We watched that in Mexico, and it 
was a great game. I mean, they pretty much put it on the Bucks. How smart does that Stafford trade look now? It's looking good right now. Now, can he hold up? Oh, I mean, yeah, short of getting injured, sure. But I just, just if he stays healthy, this system, McVay is a great coach and he knows how to run an offense. And I think he wanted Stafford for a reason because he knew this guy is going to be perfect for what I want to do. Right. And, and I'm very, very interested in keeping my eyes on that whole division in general. I mean, you have the 49ers, you have the Rams, you have the Cardinals and the Seahawks. I think there might be one other in there. But that's a damn good division because the Cardinals are playing great too. I'm, I'm ready to see that matchup, the Cardinals and the Rams. Well, guess what? It's this weekend. I know. I'm so pumped for it. Former Oklahoma quarterback starting for the Cardinals. Texas high school product. Yeah. Not, a, not a fan though. I'm impressed with what he can do. I'm surprised. He's a little guy. And He's I little. Didn't, didn't think he was going to make it in the NFL, and here he is. We were talking about that this weekend. Like, when when he was got out of his contract in baseball to go play in the pro, to play in the NFL, we're like, there's no way. He's, he's too little. He's proven us all wrong. And you know and, I don't uh, like to be proven wrong. And the Kingsbury hire, which everybody was like, the hell are you doing? He couldn't even win at Tech. This is just a Sean McVay thing. They're buddies. He's young. Kingsbury's proven a lot of people wrong. But when you have that kind of talent and then you put old J.J. Watt on defense now, they're going to they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. See what happens this weekend. And the other thing about the Rams' success, they lost their amazing starting running back. Cam Akers went down in preseason for the season. Like, he's out. And he was really good last year. I mean – we still had, what's his name, Marty Goff, at quarterback, and the running game was the bright spot. Cam Akers looked like the future of the franchise. And so the fact that they're still doing as well as they are without, I would say, one of their top three offensive weapons, pretty impressive. Oh, yes. And now and we're, we're going to talk about another team in that division, the 49ers, and my team that took it to them. Who's your team? I feel like you're a free agent when it comes to allegiances. Uh, in the NFL, I'm a first and foremost, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh, that's right. That's right. 37 seconds with no timeouts is too much time to leave for Aaron Rodgers. We go down and kick a game-winning field goal. It was awesome. Are they going to play the Rams? Are we going to have a little rivalry this year? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. That would be awesome. And second, I'm not proud to admit it, but I, I do pull for the Cowboys, which have looked really good too. Even in their loss to the Bucks, they looked really, really good. Yeah, they barely lost to the Bucks, and uh, they took it to the Eagles. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things where they just left. You've got Tom Brady on the other sideline, and you left way too much time for him. He was trying to do his Tom thing uh, in the Rams game, only he was down by too many scores to do the right. Tom Brady comeback. Right. And it, it amazes me that the, the drive that Tom Brady still has at his age and the level that he plays at, because they kept showing him on the sideline and he was pissed. He was like, oh, you're an athlete. No athlete likes to lose. But you get a lot of these quarterbacks that have been in the league for that as long as he has. And it doesn't matter. They're, they're collecting a paycheck. They're, but Tom still trains and has that drive to be the best out there. And that's what I love about Tom Brady. I really do. There, there's a lot of Brady haters out there, but he, he's, he has to go down as the greatest quarterback 
of all time. Yeah, I'll, uh, I respect Tom Brady. I don't necessarily have to like him, but I do think he is That's obviously the, he is obviously like the. I think you would have to say the greatest. Sure, um, he has more Super Bowl wins as a quarterback than anyone, and, and sadly, that's what society a lot of times they they judge your success on your championships. Dan Marino was one of the greatest of all time, zero championships, but he kind of gets put down there because he doesn't have any championships. And if you look at the basketball world, Charles Barkley, probably one of the top 10 players of all time, never won a championship. So, but it's even stat wise, I mean, the records that Favre and Drew Brees have right now, Brady's eventually going to break them. I think he's going to break the touchdown record this year. So, I don't know. I just, in my opinion, he's. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I guess it's hard to believe he didn't break the touchdown record already because his career has been so long already. It has, but you look at just the offenses that he's been in versus like Breeze. Breeze was on a pass-happy team. So he was throwing 50 touchdown passes a year versus Brady to throw 35 to 40. I mean, he had a couple years where he threw over 50, but – He'll, he'll break that one, and I'm sure eventually he'll get the most passing yards of all time. And then he can retire. But Brady hasn't always had to just rely on the pass. I mean, he's always had a very solid running running game to open up the passing game for him. Anything else? <clears throat> no, I, I think we about covered it all. Politics to music to, to sports. <laughs> we'll cover fashion next week. All right. Yeah, more surprisingly uh... – cantankerous opening politically sometimes we have a, a little more rift than usual but we always <laughs> we always come together in the end and that's what it's all about folks <laughs> well uh thanks everybody all of you for listening be sure and tune in next week we cover all the same stuff again <laughs> from different perspectives we'll change our our opinions yeah well, we're going to cover lane staley's death next oh yikes all right uh, open and shut on that one okay good you can, <laughs> Carl will share the results. Amen. All right. Till next time, y'all. Bye.